I don't know what the fuck to say now. Well, we just whack off a little bit till the theme song plays. We just whack off a little bit while the theme song plays. <clears throat> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the room that we created. Hey, Peter. I'm Maddie. And I'm Mom Taylor. Always have been, always will be. Zatch Montana. Nah, subject to change. Like everything in this life. Right, so there. Today we're talking about God. This one feels funny. This one feels weird. This yeah, this one's a little bit um curse. But I think given the subject matter of this episode, it's kind of fitting. Today yeah. we're talking about something We're talking about a game that we made called Zach Game. A game that we created. We're talking <laughs> We're talk today. We're talking about a game that we created called Zach Gammon. The game was um, so, we referenced it very briefly in the second episode of the room that we created. Was it? It was the second or the first. We probably referenced because it because you were talking about the Mormons playing skee ball or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember this clip. <laughs> so. <laughs> so um, you were talking about hammer fist. What is that fucking clip. spike ball? Spike ball. <coughs> you were talking about spike ball and how in school you had a lot of fucking Mormon friends for whatever reason and they all played spike ball. <laughs> they all played spike ball. Or, or you could say, that, no, it's more like you had a lot of friends who played spike ball and they also were Mormon. To be Mormon. For whatever reason. I found out later. And we were talking about a, the game that we invented. We, in, we invented a so, board game slash we, we um, ARG adventure <laughs> game. Kind of. so, it's kind of similar to... Charlie McDennis in theme. Charlie McDennis, the being the game, the from game. Always Sunny. It's always in sunny Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Um, but the reason it's called Zach Gammon is because the first, the first rule of the game, or the first law of the game, is that whoever has first w- commandment, I would say the first, the first commandment of which there are ten. Uh, we should get the we should ten divide, commandments. Devise. Put yeah. put a pin in that for the board. Um. So, basically, the first commandment is that whoever has won the game last um, gets the name of the game. So, the game switches depending on who's won last, Zach Gammon or Matt Gammon. Correct. Fun fact, um, it's <laughs> we've had this game for almost two years. Yeah. And we've played it... Um, Thrice. Once this year. We yeah, played, we played it, it once. We are currently in so, game. Okay, we so will the, get there's to a, that. There's a... A lot to this game, but just I'll have you know that there's a a board game section of the game, and if that like you can win in the board game section. Or in the midst of the board game section as well, there is a psychological element in the form of. Uh, well, just, well explain that later. Attacks. I'm just trying okay. to say that there's a board game element that you can win, and then after that, there are a set of challenges that you can be in. And if a challenge is like challenges can last for a long time. Sometimes it's like first person to get a hamburger, or sometimes it's like first person to absolutely like to you know. Do something insane. So right now, we're, we've been in game for like seven months. We are currently in game. Let's and not say what the challenge is until we start to explain the challenge section of the yeah, game. We're currently in game. We are currently and fun in fact, game. Maddie has never won Zach Gammon. I have not. In two years. Okay. But, but okay, well, it's one thing to say I have not won Zach Gammon in the two years it's been around. But in the two years, we've only played like three times. We've played like seven times. I have them all logged on my Instagram. The times. Seven? The times and the dates. Oh, because we've only gone to challenge twice. 
Yeah, the time and the date, I have them logged. Okay? So don't get out. You can't get out of this. It's on my story. Oh. It's called Gammon. It's still, a highlight on my still, story. Still, never winning out of seven games sounds better than having, having not won in two years. Well, it's the same number. Um, but one game can last a very long time. Okay, so should we start with rules or should we start with the, the pieces and the seasons? Let's start with the origin <laughs> I don't know. story. That's a good call. May I tell the origin uh, story? Please. So the origin story is I had just... <laughs> what period of time was this? Like... It was our Christmas time. It was very cold. I don't remember of what year. 2021. So. I believe. Was this my second or first year of college? I fucking, I don't know. If it was my first year, I'd just <clears throat> broken up with that person. But, okay, so it was, it was Christmas time, and I was home for the holidays, or close to it, like November. I think it was close to November. It was close to December. It that wasn't quite yet right, Christmas break, yeah. but it was like... October-ish, Thanksgiving-ish. No, no, it's been around for longer. It's been around for much longer than 2021. Has it not? Oh, fuck. I got to figure it out. I will edit that in. I will find out. Yeah, the but date. It's, it's, the it was time. fall. It was like late fall. And it was four in the morning. And Maddie and I had been um on a fucking bender of telling jokes and driving around and doing nothing as you would do in a small town and in maynardville there are these two benches and you've seen the benches in parks that have the board game tables for chess and checkers like built into the tables and it's four in the fucking morning and we're out in the open in the freezing cold and we're sitting at this table and we're having a mug we're having a mug root beer from the vending machine which is gonna be a thing we we'll talk, talk about, about that in this episode, the vending machine. You think? Okay. Yeah, we must, but continue. Anyway. Pin once we again. I was sitting there, and I go, who the fuck knows how to play backgammon? Yeah, because we're, we're looking because at... Who it's a concrete fuck? table. It's a concrete bench with like the seat built into the table. And etched into the concrete table, like a park table bench... Is the board is a backgammon board, and we're like, who the like who the fuck fuck do you know anyone who knows knows how to play backgammon? And you obviously naturally you go, no, I don't. I have no fucking clue why anyone has ever like why we still make backgammon boards. (laughs) And essentially, I said, well, why don't we just make our own board game? And I remember you went, what? And I said, we make our own board game. And you went, okay. With a backgammon board. With the backgammon board. So I start picking up rocks off the floor. This is the first prototype of gammon before the pieces were implemented. Um, Zach Gammon. Must be referred to as Zach Gammon all throughout this episode. That's part of the rules. Right, yeah. Zach has one last. It's called Zach Gammon. Um, so I start picking up the pieces off the floor for the early prototype of Zach Gammon. And... I we start putting them on the board and we start coming up with rules, and we start creating a literal board game. You can jump these spaces crossed, like and if you've ever seen a backgammon board, board, backgammon board, there are like hollow spaces and solid spaces, and, there's, there's and one, one of us triangles. takes solids, the other takes uh, hollows. the hollows. I take the hollows every time. You always take, take the, the solids. solids. Yeah, you can jump. Um, there's like four quadrants to it. You can jump across your quadrants on your own side, but if like you, you, you can't cross quadrants once you've crossed the um, enemies. If you have crossed the x axis, 
you cannot cross the y-axis because you're on your enemy side. But on your own mm-hmm. side of the x-axis, you can cross horizontally as the much y-axis. as you want. Mm-hmm. You can't make the same move more than twice. Coming up with all this stuff, you can hop over people. So it's like it's like chess or checkers in the sense that if you get over to the other side and you're a hollow, and there's like because it's hollow, uh, it's hollow filled in, hollow filled in, hollow filled in. So you can like hop over and jump pieces, and you can only get two at a time because if you hop over to the other side, then that sacrifices your piece, right? And it's strategic. Now we start coming up with this board game that you can. Win. win. Yeah. You can win the board game by taking the other people's, the other person's pieces. If you take all their pieces, uh, you win. That was the strategy I came up with. I kept winning at that. I was, I had such a solid strategy for that. I found it boring at a certain point. Not to sound hubris, but there were a whole. We came up that the the better part of the game is the challenges, and we were not getting to them. And I wanted to get to them. We both wanted to get to them. So uh, you did at a certain point get really you matched me at the board game the, the board game section like the board game section we legit like so okay we, i've never sparing thrown you, a game i've never thrown a game to get to the challenges like so yeah yes but okay sparing you the details of the board game section it's it's essentially a fucked version of backgammon you know mm-hmm. the way the game is mathematically set up is that there's a possibility that could be one piece versus one piece and they're just fucking chasing each other forever essentially and obviously one can win the board game section and then that's just over it's the end of the game but in the event of a piece versus piece you can only chase each other 10 moves in sequential five moves each five and you moves get each have 5 seconds a move and the other person goes 5 4 3 2 and, you have to and so you move. have to move and so a, lot, a couple times it went down to I'd have two pieces versus one piece that Maddie had, and I would be like, yeah, take that piece because I want to go to the one-on-one. I want to do the challenges. Mm-hmm. But um, a couple times it was like neck and neck for a while, and a couple times it was like legit. But we have now rings. gotten to the point. But the thing about the rules, one last thing, is that we invented some fucked things. So you can kind of save yourself. So if I have two and Maddie has one, Maddie can... Get one of my fucking pieces if he saved his special move, or if he say if they've saved their special move. So, oh my god, I've completely forgot about the special. I'm the one who said it first, and I fucking forgot. So this is so fucked. My special move is if I say Goja Berries Saddam Hussein at any point before Maddie can take their hat off. They have to be wearing a hat for the game. Every to game be played, every game, and I have to be wearing. A shirt and have a change of shirt for Maddie's special. So if I say Goji Berry Saddam Hussein, like obviously it's as kind soon as it's kind speaking. of a long phrase. So like I could start it and they could like rip like whip it off. So is there like a hat like anywhere around here we could like? I think they get the memo, but it's it. essentially they like, get the memo. If I get Goji Berry Saddam Hussein and I and I, I have say to fucking it, remove my hat before he's done with the sentence. If I say it before they remove their hat, I get a, I get one of their pieces. But if if they get the hat off. Before and it has to be me that initiates that they get one of my pieces if I fucking fail it. Vice versa, you have a glass of water. Mm-hmm. That is a glass of water. Every we day. set this up horribly. I almost want to restart the episode because we re- we should have set it up better because we got lost. It's so complicated. We got lost in our own. We 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 explained the rules of the fucking backgammon too much. Like that part's not important. You're right. So the fucking anyways. They have a glass of water. If they start drinking it, 
and they they're drinking it in silence and i've been got by this like a couple times if i look up and i see that they're like drinking this glass of water i have to take my shirt off <laughs> and change my shirt and if they can finish the water before i change my shirt they get a piece if i get the shirt on before they finish the water then you know then i get a piece and it's gone both ways on that one time i looked up and you just went i was so into like my next move you just went ah. and set down an empty cup I had started my special move and finished the entire glass of water before you even noticed I started. It was insane. But, but, one but there time have been kept, other times where I, you notice as soon as I reach for well, the glass and then I have to time, fucking one chug. One time it was your only hope and I was like, all right, go for it. And so now it was just this race. Mm-hmm. But there was a, anyways. So if it gets to one by one piece, the 10 moves go by. It's a stalemate. We go to something called challenges. Which now, this is what I wanted to say, now we have gotten to the point where I'm finally decent at the board game section, so now it's almost guaranteed challenge every time. And that was the point of the game initially. It was like, the board game is all formality. We're, we are trying to match each other on a mental level <laughs> to master this board game so that we're getting to one piece so that we're always ending it on some fucked challenge. So, in the event of a draw, which is mathematically possible to happen in the setup of the game, and now entirely probable now that we've both essentially mastered that section. It it has to be settled in challenges that cannot tie. And we have devised maybe 50 fucking challenges that we draw from a deck of every game. Oh, and it's also you can give up a piece to see what the challenge will be. Right. You can you, We shuffle the deck before we even start the board game section. And you can surrender a piece to look under the card to see what challenge it is. Yeah, because if it's like I can't do that, it might as well you might as well forfeit it. You might as well, yeah, throw the game in the board game section or you know, try to defeat them in the board game section, which like I said has become more and more unlikely as we play the game. We're usually going to challenge. Yeah. Um so anyways, should we get into what should we start with what cuz we what the challenges that we the challenge we did. So the I'll just say I, I'm going to read from the list of challenges, and the challenges all have funny gag names. I'm, I'm going to list them all. I'm going to list every yes. last one of them as, like, as, as much as I can. There is one... Save the hell card. The, for what? The soul card. Save that till the end. The end of this yeah. episode? No, no. Save it till the end of the list. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. And um, the... First challenge we ever drew, I'll just say, was maybe the worst option. The worst slash best option on that it list. It was out of a 1 in 50 shot the first time we ever went to challenge uh, in this game we, were we created. So we, we were so excited. We were so... Yeah, we so went to challenge and like, you were looking at me like, you fucking did it. I'm like, so you did, excited. Let's go. And I draw the card off the deck and I look at it and I fall to my fucking knees. And you're like, what? What the fuck is it? I just turned it around. And I was like... No, the first ever Zach Gammon challenge was best three out of five risk. (laughs) (laughs) Which meant we had to play a maximum of five games of risk, a minimum Minimum of three games of risk. And if you don't know, risk takes like six hours hours just to learn the rules. Yeah, six hours to learn the rules, like two and a half hours to play the fucking game. And then it took us two... So the first game that I won... Even though we spent like nearly four to six hours figuring out the rules, we found out that afterwards we had played it wrong the entire game and that the game could be invalidated nearly. But we still gave myself a win 
And then the next game, you won. And I looked on the rule book again as I was falling to sleep and found we out wrong we had played it wrong again. And I'm not talking wrong on a small level, wrong on the entire game. Like it's you move pieces and it was on the system. We thought you could just keep going and keep taking fucking. No, it's more of like the whole game is supposed to be played. The reason why it takes so fucking long is the whole game is like two steps forward, one plus but one step back. But I'm playing the game like fucking Genghis Khan. Like I'm just fucking, yeah. I'm taking. Like the we world is you mine. Could just keep rolling. There was no end. Yeah, turn. if you don't fucking get shot down, you can just fucking keep conquering and conquering. And so I'm literally like colonizing, you know. And the and first game took like four and a half hours. I did win the. I won in, in the four, fucked way that we were playing. I won in won. four games. I won three to one. No, no, we went to game five. Mm-mm, we never went to game five. We were th- we were thrilled about it actually. I won one. You won one. And then once we got it straight, I won the next two. Are you sure? I, I, I am positive. I remember playing that five times. Mm-mm. I guarantee you, it's four. It's four. I have the score too. Damn. Yeah. Okay. So the thing that's so fucked about that one was it was the first challenge and it was the fucking most arduous soul rotting challenge. And we played two of the games wrong. You know? So it's like took like thirty six hours of my life. Yeah. But within the, the self agreed upon, mutually agreed upon fucked rules of risk that we were playing. We each won a game. You each won a game and, and we we just like voided it. You know, and then Zach proceeded to win too. Like on actual ru- risk rules. Yeah. And so I was like, I watched a lot take the fucking videos. win. You know? And then, like, it's like, then we then months later, we started another game of Zach Gamma. We Gammon. started another season. And that is the only game we've played with. We, there's pieces that we. I'm just going to read the challenges first. Read the challenges we'll first. Pieces. We'll get into the pieces <laughs> of the season. This episode, I had it so organized. Uh, it it's makes so, no sense. It's hard. It's hard it's really to difficult. get into the lore. But Okay, so basically, this, um, all these challenges that I'm about to list are... Okay, these are the official challenges for Zach Gammon. All of the challenges I'm about to list are pretty much a reference to something some sort of social culture uh, pop culture something like that and or it's an a funny joke. play on words some sort of thing so wait, wait, do you want to read one and i read one and you read one and i read one dude there's like fucking 60 of these it's just gonna be back and forth back and yeah. forth. okay <laughs> smelly kid first to take off first to take clothes off loses so that's we have to the first person that changes clothes loses the game. So we have to stay in the outfit. Have to outfit sleep we, in we, the clothes. The, that, the shoes, we don't know if they count. We'll get there when we get there. I, yeah, I don't think shoes count. but Because that's fucked, too, because you have to stay in the outfit that you were playing the game in, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, fucked. The milkman is very simple. You have to put it under your work clothes when you right, go to work. Right, right. Yeah. Um, the milkman is the milk gallon challenge. So we have to chug a gallon of milk. So and, it's and the whoever, first person to complete... It, it's either it's either whoever finishes first wins or whoever throws up first loses. Yeah, either the latter. It's whoever finishes the gallon. Period. 
Who, if you wins. Fi- whoever the finishes, but the if you gallon both first, finish, whoever throws up first. No, 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 no. If I finish the gallon before you finish it, I win. But that takes a while to get there. Somebody usually throws up before oh, so, the gallon. So finished. also, whoever throws up first loses. You'll probably throw up before you finish the gallon. Right, right. Okay, gotcha. I pretty much got that one in the All bag. Right, milkman, yeah, milk gallon challenge. I've got that one in the bag. I know it. Yeah, uh, I'm, stupid I'm shit. Porta potty pooping. The first person to pour poop in a porta potty wins. Race. Fleshlight question mark. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have to talk about Zeke. <laughs> you take it. My dear friend Zeke, um, my brother basically, fucking been in my life for seventeen years. Love this gentleman. He is a judge in this challenge, and the challenge He's is the judge for all challenges. For most, there are Almost some. Almost all challenges, except for one or two. One or two, yeah. Anyway, um, this uh, challenge, we have an undisclosed, pretty much unlimited amount of time to build a flashlight from scratch, each of us. And uh, once we're both completed that task, we have to give our flashlights to Zeke, and he decides who built the better one. Yeah, he has to test them and figure it out. Yeah. Uh, got a blast. First person to come wins. Yeah. That one's funny because you're you're driving home and you're just, you know what the other person's driving home to. <laughs> and we both live the same distance about from our own. That houses. one's honor system, too. You know, that we one's honor system. We both live like around 12 to 15 minutes away from our houses. For- yeah, from the epicenter of the Zach Ammon where from it's usually played. Downtown Maynardville. I'm going to bleep that. Um, and so it's like once we get home, then it's psychological because you start fucking doing your thing and you know what the other person's you doing. Know you know the know. other person's also jacking off at that moment. And so it can be... I'm going to use that as a, as a win. I'm going to use that as a chance to get ahead. Oh, my God. Got a blast. That's And you get a yeah, screenshot for proof. Yeah, well, that one's well, some of these are honor system. It's like because you can just drive home and say, "Oh, I just nutted, I won." But it's like both of us. I'm pretty. I'm, we can safely say I don't think either of us will ever violate the, you know, integrity aspect of. Yeah, no, we're both. And, that, and this is when you get ballsy and crank one out on the way home. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my I god. Okay, this one all. is the stupidest one. This one's the dumbest one. It's my least favorite. And I think I came up with it, which is so this is bad. It's going to take a while. We Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> no, I, we came up with that as a unit, I thought. All right. Uh, the Weekend at Bernie's challenge card is we push around. It's a two-day challenge. <laughs> One of us um, <laughs> so- has to push the other person around in a wheelchair like Weekend at Bernie's with sunglasses on and we're dead in the wheelchair and you're pretending that this person is alive Weekend at Bernie's style. Then the next day, the other one pushes the other person. So, like, first Zach pushes me in a wheelchair, and I'm dead doing Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> then the next day, I push Zach around in a wheelchair dead like Weekend at Bernie's. Whoever is in the wheelchair on the day where we get the most strangers to go, hey, Weekend at Bernie's, and get the reference, wins. And if it's a tie? If nobody does if it's say t- it, or if it's a tie, then we have to wheelchair joust. Yeah, but so like I for again to clarify, if I'm pushing Maddie, anybody who goes week oh we get at Bernie's that counts to my score. Oh, I thought it counted to the wheelchair person. No, 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 no. no. Okay, it counts, it counts to, to you. My score. Gotcha. 
Um, yeah, because you can manipulate the dead person. No, you didn't say it. It's called The Thrill of Wearing Another Man's Skin. No, it's Weekend at Bernie's. Wait. Oh, you missed one then. Oh, it's your turn. Okay, yeah. so this... <laughs> The thrill of wearing another man's skin. So whoever can dress up as the other player more accurately wins. Yeah. So and I have to that, dress up like Maddie. Maddie has to dress up like me. Does that one have a judge? Zeke's the judge on that. Zeke's the judge, yes. Um, My turn. It also, it's, I have it written down, Weekend at Bernie's is in an hour. Whoever gets the most Weekend at Bernie's in an hour. Oh, right. So we don't have to like wheel each other around for a day. But like one we day you do it. it you, that sounds you know. funny. For a whole weekend. <laughs> for a whole weekend. Fuck that. Nope. It says an hour. It's, it's bullseye. This one's really cool. This is one of the wholesome ones. This is what ones. I mean by it can take like 10 minutes to go home and come or like years. Yeah. We take a map of the United States no, or of whatever world. of the world. Of it's the, the world. world. Yeah. World. Um, we each throw a dart at the map. Um, whoever goes and visits the location that they're dart that they threw landed on wins first yeah the first whoever yeah whoever first to theirs first so if like you threw it and it landed on colorado and mine landed on thailand odds are i'm losing right so you want to aim well that's the cool thing about this challenge is that because you want to fucking win you want to aim as close to where we you live as possible no, no, it doesn't say blindfolded. Well, I want to change that. No, no, we shouldn't. Here's the thing, because there's an element of skill in it. You want to throw it as close to your place that you live as possible so that you can win. But then also there's a degree of, like, that's lame. You know, I want to go see a cool place while I'm playing Zach Cameron. That's the point of Zach Yeah, Cameron. yeah, have your like win. I really won. Yeah, exactly. So that's why some of the challenges are kind of are like wholesome, and they get us to, like, adventure. We should flip like a that. coin to see who goes first, because whoever goes first kind of right. sucks for them because they have to make that choice second person if you threw close i'm throwing close if you threw far right if you throw far but then the psychological thing is like am i a pussy for throwing close even though i had the chance to go far well it's like no one it's wins like, it's like if you went far i'm like oh i can now I, i'm free to go far but if i go close it's like ah, oh, you bitch but the the ballsiest move is to purposefully throw far and then That's also get the there fucking clo- first yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to do. You know, that would be awesome. But anyway, you're talking. Okay, um, Big Texas. One of my favorites. First person to finish a Big Texas with their hands behind their back, possibly off of a greasy six foot five fat man's stomach while we all wear 10-gallon hats. You know what a Big Texas is, right? It's a cinnamon it's a pastry. Roll. It's, it's a like really a thick cinnamon roll. So hands behind the back, bobbing at this Big Texas while it's on the stomach of a um, heavy-set gentleman. We got a lot to get through. Big Texas. Won a Smash. Smash Bros. match. Super Smash Bros. Is that two or is that one? Just huh? one match to rule them all? Yeah, one match to okay. rule them all. Oh, shit. Uh, 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 uh. Getting over it. First person to beat Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy, which is one of the hardest, most ragey games of all time. Watch Markiplier play it. You'll understand. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God! I'm done! Oh, God! Fuck! No, my God! Not too strong. I have the high ground, which is the challenge that we are currently it's in. It's over, Anakin. I, I have the... No, it's it's you were my brother, Anakin. I yeah, yes, you. right. But shorthand is I have the high ground. It's the whole anagram of everything he says in that line. 
is the name of the challenge. Yeah, so you the were my brother Anakin. I loved you. You were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them. That is a, a LARPing lightsaber duel. Um, that's the challenge card that we drew last. We still have not dueled yet to determine the winners. Which so is technically, crazy we're still in game. We thought it would be like these crazier ones that take us years, but really, it's just this one because we haven't fucking done it, and we're doing it tonight after this. Sounds good. Okay, it's time. Um. Cursed Mario Party. All we play all the board games we have. And who, whoever wins the most. Whoever wins the most game. And then I'm gonna take this next one too. You get two more. Because this is the this is what we got. And then the next one after that is best three out of five risk, which is where we do three out of five risk. And ironically, that one is longer than the playing all the board games we own. Yeah. That include risk. That include risk. We have to play risk once and all the other board games we own. We together accumulatively. It's longer for us to play potentially five games of risk. Yeah. Netflix and chill. The both of us <laughs> in this challenge, Zach and I Make two bowls of popcorn, put our dick and balls in the bowls of popcorn, and put on the Irishman. Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. The first person to remove our cock and taters from the popcorn loses. And if neither of us remove it by the time we finish The Irishman, we start The Irishman over. And we sit on the couch watching The Irishman on loop until one of us removes our beans and frank. From the popcorn. <laughs> That's one of one of my favorites because I can imagine it. Just the grease. Forbidden fruit. We place an apple in the center of the gammon table. We put our hands behind their our backs. Um, whoever gets the most apple. So like, we and we spit it out, and then at the end we weigh it, and whoever has the right. most in grams won yeah. the challenge. Who can take the bigger bite out of an apple? But we'd have to do it simultaneously. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> of much. the same apple. Oh, this is my least favorite. This is the worst. Never mind. Never mind the Weekend of Birdies. This is the worst one. Yeah, baby. We both have to start doing an Austin Powers accent. The first one to stop loses. And that honor system, that includes work, family, any situation. Yeah, honor system. And like Funeral, I said. Funeral, whatever. Yeah, we have such a relationship to this game. I don't think either of us would violate the integrity of it. So that's a genuine thing. We're going to have to. Yeah, but it's the cringe. Yeah, but man, I take your order, baby. Oh, yeah. my God. Like, and, Fuck. And, greased hogs. We put Vaseline in our socks, and the first person to take their feet out of their socks loses. This can last days this if we have the nuts. Days, yeah. I don't think it will. You ris- you, it that's like you're hours. risking trench foot. You're risking trench foot. <laughs> yeah, if you go days. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the bad. hammer. The hammer. The first person to visually see Maynard James Keenan wins. <laughs> From the band tool. From the band tool. He he lives in the area, so that's not like a fucking the most random thing. In case you didn't know, hamburger time. around. We've hamburger time. It. The first person to finish a hamburger. Mm-hmm. That can be raw. Yeah, it could be raw. So the first one to eat a fucking hamburger. So no if, other condition. If I just fucking made a raw burger and cooked that bitch, I could fucking. Play base. It's waxing. We both get fucking waxed on our legs. Um, Zeke's the judge. Zeke is the judge of who can react the most stoic to the waxing. Who's no most sounds. stone-faced, no sounds, any movements like that, clenches, 
Whoever does that the best. And if Zeke... If Zeke, which I don't think this is likely at all, but if Zeke sees absolutely no difference, we're both the same, then um, we move move on on to Brazilian. Which is uh, dick and balls. Dick and balls, asshole, asshole, you know, the type deal. I think I got the upper hand on you with that one. (laughs) My pain challenge is really high, but you might. Because you're more used to it. Um, Ticket to ride. One oh of us my gets, god! One of us. This one I hate. I'm this not doing. Fuck. I'm this not one's doing illegal. this one. I'm not doing this one. I'd have to. I. I would have to do it. Get in the back of a win. stranger's pickup truck without noticing. If they notice you, you lose. And you have to like travel. You have to be in, in the there car. at least till they start the car, and for for it to even be valid. Mm-hmm. So it's like if Zach says I'm not doing it, not doing it. I still don't even win. We still remain in game until I at least sit in the fucking bed of a truck until the car turns on or Zach officially forfeits. So you could force me into doing it by not forfeiting. Which I will do. Or vice versa. Because I'm a bastard. Yeah. You know me. Hi, quick break. We said we were going to talk about the pieces and we didn't at all. The pieces of Zach Gammon are one of the most integral and funny parts of the game that makes it as charming as it is. I'm going to be putting some pictures up here of past pieces throughout this, mainly Maddie's. Um, but basically, uh, every year we have something called a season and we change out the pieces. And the che- the pieces usually have some sort of theme to go along with them. Uh, the first year, basically, when we invented the game, we took a big box of old action figures from my closet from my childhood way back. It was still in there. We sorted through all of them and picked pieces. We picked hilarious pieces. One of mine was like a projectile that shoots out of this the Batman action figure that kind of looks like cum. We both picked a variation of Davy Jones from Pirates of the Caribbean. So now we always have to have a variation of the same piece in our lineup. Uh, this year's theme, which was the first real theme, was comically small items. One of Maddie's pieces is a fucking peppercorn, a literal peppercorn, and we both have tiny light bulbs. Um, mine is, I think, gold on the metal part, and theirs is silver. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a big part of the game, and it's something that we love, and we change them out every year. I think next year, we don't really know what it is yet, but we were kind of thinking along the lines of like, Lego minifigures. Um, I had a Sid that was like encased, encased the first season in a little ice thing, and I took him out of it. This year I have a harmonica that's big, this big that has a case. So one of mine usually has like a case. Anyways, we forgot to talk about it. That's pretty much all there is to know about pieces. So yeah, back to the challenges. Crazy taxi. Whoa, I love the dorm. Um. We both uh, pick a one. St- we look on Uber for a one-star Uber driver. Which um, you can't really do. Yeah, but it's preferred preferred to get the lowest-rated Uber driver in the area. Um, then we write a list for the other person to have in the car with the taxi. We write a list of words for the other a list person. of words, and this person has to um, get, get the, the driver to say mo- the most words on their list. As possible. So this is kind of impractical jokers, right? So I'll like write a list of words for Maddie to get their taxi driver, Uber driver to say. Yeah. And whoever I'll hit record on my phone. Fucking words. Yeah. And we just do that one if it's a tie again. We just do it we'll again. We just keep doing it until I tie breaks. Yeah. 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 You want to get the next one too? Oh, sure. The Sandlot. Who can make the best snowman in a sandbox? Uh, everything in the sandbox is uh, in your fair pockets. game, including what's in your pockets. 
I like that one. It's cute. I think we kind of have to do that one right after we play, because like otherwise you'll just go home. That one doesn't mention stuff. a judge. I think that's honor system of between the two of us. Of okay. looking at the, the so we'll just go and the uh, Sandman's. We'll just go right after the game to the park, right, and have to do that because mm-hmm. you know, um, no one fucks with the Jesus. That one Reference we just to the Big Lebowski. We just go bowling. Just go bowling. Wins Who wins bowling. a bowling? Um, I'm gonna take these two at a time. Perfect. I love. I named this one. I'm proud. Three, two, one. Van Gogh. It's a draw off. Somebody says what we're drawing, and whoever draws it better. Exactly. I'm going to win this next one. Staten Island Curry. Oh, fuck. A gross smoothie. We each make the most fucked smoothie. Whoever fishes, finishes the most of the smoothie that's given to them wins. We each make a fucked smoothie Take trade. I, you're going to win that one. I'm bad with like nasty stuff, Ooh, like you know, challenges like that. Um, in the mouth. <laughs> Science is a liar sometimes. This is a, it's always sunny in Philadelphia reference. But this one's going to be the fucking funnest. We each... Um, get to prepare for an undisclosed amount of time as long as we want. Prepare a 30-minute presentation to our friend Asa on why we should win. No holds barred bribery, psychological, um, tor- what is it? No rules at all. It says Torture. bribing encouraged, psychological plays. Uh, we, we both dress up in suits, you know, and we present a 30-minute presentation to our friend Asa on why we should win. Yeah. And then and then she just decides. It, you know what it'll come down to? It won't matter. If if you haven't won yet, she'll give it to you. Yeah. Cringe. Or bribes. No, we have to tell her ahead of time. It has to be purely the PowerPoints and the charisma and the bribes. And the bribes and the psychological warfare. Um, kiss the cook, whoever makes the best sandwich. Your brother, Paulie, Maddie's brother, Paulie, is the judge. Yeah, because he fucking loves sandwiches. He loves sandwiches. Breaking Bad, next person to do an illegal drug wins. Right. And that's easier for me. It's easier for you? Because you're recreationally allowed to smoke marijuana. Oh, that's true. Yeah, smoking weed would be illegal for you. So, huh. For a lot, for a little longer. Where the fuck is it? Jesse, we have to cook. It's another cooking challenge, but we have to incorporate Funyuns in the dish. And it's not specific Jesse to Jesse loves Funyuns. Right. Uh, <clears throat> Paul is also the judge of that one. I know what I'm doing. Best I can do is five bucks. We, <laughs> we each give the other player, we trade a stupid item that we can find. The first person to sell their item for five dollars wins. To a stranger. To a stranger. To a stranger. That's um, good TikTok. Yeah, that's a good TikTok that's, that, now, like that, uh, now that TikTok's like a thing, I've scrolled up to some things I've seen on it. Um, what? Where the fuck? Oh yeah, okay. All of the lights. Oh my god. We stand face to face in a room, split in half down the middle with tape. The, each of our sides, respective sides, are filled with props, and weird costume like shit. Right. The lights go out for 30 seconds. The lights come back on. We're still. With whatever we've gathered from the props, from whatever we've got on. And we're looking at each other again. And the ob- the objective is to try and make the other person laugh. And for you to not laugh. Whoever laughs first loses. loses. And the lights the keep person- going out 30 seconds and back on for a second out. 30 seconds, back on for a second. We should probably change it to 15. 
on for 15 seconds? Off for 15 Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. But, like, they, they you flash looks at each other, and you get time in between to prepare yourself to make the other person laugh in that flash. On for five seconds. On for five seconds. And I'm so, that one's going to be so fun. Because I know the first thing that's going to happen is the lights are going to go off. For 30 seconds, they're going to flip back on and we're both naked. <laughs> you, that's immediately where we're both going with that. I could just leave. <laughs> leave the room. What if we both leave the room? <laughs> I'm just out there smoking. Oh my god. I'm dressed up if like If the you. lights go off and then we both silently leave and see each other outside, <laughs> we're, like, that's gonna be the hardest <laughs> to, to walk laugh. back in. And that's, <laughs> here's the funny thing about that. We can set up our own props, like in Practical Joker style, like yeah, make prepare. it personal. I can have something hidden away that you don't see on the floor. And when you turn it on, you're like, how did you, how did you, like, like, I could bring fucking, like, Andrew in the room. (laughs) 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 And you turn the lights on. (laughs) Andrew from the Jesus Ali story is standing there. Oh, my God. Everybody loves Raymond. We face off in Raymond's Raging Rabbids. Correct. Which is a a game. Hug me, brother. Uh, Wrestling. We have to wrestle. Whoever can be pinned for we have to wrestle in a pool in of a pool lube. of lube. Yeah, we have to wrestle covered in lube. Hulkamania. Um, it's a luchador thumb wrestling. So we have these little thumb luchador masks. So we put on the mask and we thumb wrestle. It's just a thumb wrestling. Uh, defeat. <laughs> Is, are we tickling each other on this one, or is a third person tickling both of us? <laughs> it's a tickle torture <laughs> challenge of our feet. Someone's wrote... tickling our feet until. Until we bust, until we laugh. What? What, yeah. what else did I write on there? Wait, the first to cry, uncle. No, I wrote feet guillotines. Oh, we get well. We put our feet in feet guillotines. <laughs> yeah, we have little guillotines for our feet. Tickled until one of us breaks and laughs. And it's and it's whoever gets defeat. Yeah, defeat. And, be, and it's so Quentin Tarantino won't accept defeat, but he, he will, will accept, accept defeat. defeat. Okay. All right, here you go. Um. Eminem. We play this game called Eminem Beach Party, and it's just whoever like wins the it's most games. Eminem sponsored like little party game that came out on Wii. It's bad. We have to play every little mini game in the win. Oh, it's bad. Wins the most. No, it's not a number of them, so it's perfect. No country for old. No, there's six. Oh, it doesn't matter. We'll, we'll figure it out. No country for old men. Coin toss. We'll do a tiebreaker. It's just a coin toss. It's just a coin toss. The guy. It's a reference. It's a reference to the movie No Country for Old Men. Hence the title No Country where, for Old Men. Where the guy. Oh, some people don't know. Where the the main, I guess, antagonist of the yeah, film. Yeah, Anton Chigurh. Um, he fuck? he basically decides whether he should kill people based on a coin toss. It's like, how much of you ever lost on a coin toss? Is the famous line from that movie, and um. It's it's the whole game, all of it just goes up to that's one that's gonna toss. be so fucking aggravating. <laughs> yeah, and we just one coin toss. We get into one. the fucking board game. We go, oh, challenge time! It's just a fucking coin toss. <laughs> oh god. Okay, high times. Who can get the highest elevation on foot in thirty minutes? <laughs> so you just have to fucking start climbing shit. <laughs> you have thirty minutes to. Well, you can get in. 
Oh no, yeah, it's on foot. You cannot get in your car. No, you so yeah, can't. you just have to fucking just start climbing things. <laughs> you just have to start running you have up thirty the minutes. Oh man, run up to a high spot and then climb things. Right, Luigi's Mansion. Um, it's from the time the game stops through, which is funny because it's usually like four a.m. You explain Luigi's Mansion. Okay. Okay. So Luigi's Mansion. Oh, is actually maybe one of my favorites. Of all time. So, of all time. It's just in the game and universe. But, okay. We pick a haunted spot in the United States. We pick... This one was altered. So, originally, we right. picked a haunted spot for each other. Yeah. Um, it was originally, we pick a haunted spot one. for each other and whoever lasts the longest. But I think it's changed it now to we pick a haunted spot in the United States together. Mm-hmm. And we draw straws. And whoever draws the short straw has to go first, obviously. Um, but whoever lasts the longest in this haunted spot wins. Alone. Alone wins. Yeah. And I don't want to do the the atypical spot that you would think to what do is around it? this town. The, the big hotel that's haunted around here. Oh, that place isn't even fucking haunted, it's, dude. Yeah. There's a local hotel that's haunted that I found actual little like booby traps in that flicker the lights. When oh, I, really? I stayed up there my senior year. Anyway, that's a whole other story. This cheese touch. This is just a hand on a hard body with a piece of cheese. Yeah. Which yeah. is it's the like first... the old school you put your hand on a van, whoever takes their hand off last, whoever's the last person with their hand on the van gets the van. It's the same thing but with a piece of cheese. We're gonna be there for hours. I hate this one. Yeah, the to cheese death. touch, wimpy kid. I hate it to death. <laughs> Weenie kid yeah. journal. <laughs> Weenie kid journal. <laughs> um fucking Oh, women want me fish fear me. First one to catch a fish. Yep. Fishing. Easy. Yep. Uh, Windows of the Soul. It's just a staring contest. <laughs> the sight of my savior <laughs> in his full glory. First to watch the entirety of the Cleveland show. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is a reference to an Instagram conversation. Um, when I said some, I sent Maddie a meme of Cleveland Brown. Like do we like a photo of Cleveland Brown that was fucked up, and you just said, and it was like two a.m. and it woke you up. Mm-hmm. It wo- I woke you up with this photo, and you said, "Dude, I just woke up. Like that woke me up." I'm like, "I'm sorry." And you and you said, "No, it's okay. It's fine. I was just awoken by fucking the sight of my savior in his full glory." <laughs> right. And I said, "That's a that's a gammon challenge." No. The devil went down to Georgia. The first person to get to Georgia wins. <laughs> Georgia, the state in America, not the country. <laughs> Shoom doom. We p- <laughs> <laughs> you just take the rest of them. You take okay. The and then we'll s- explain the, the soul card together. Yeah. Um, shoom doom. We sit down and put on an Amy Schumer special. Uh, the first one to even chuckle or smirk at Amy Schumer loses. And we keep fucking repeating the special until one of us breaks. Snake Eyes. I, I thought we went through all her shit. Yeah. All, we keep watching over. Amy Schumer over and over again until one of us breaks. Um, Which it, if if we don't break on the first watch of all of them, then fuck. Yeah, we, we just gotta, gotta go keep and start going. going. YouTube to get new shit to laugh at. Yeah, and so what's either gonna happen is we're gonna laugh at how cringe it is, or we're gonna somehow just in silence next to each other make each other laugh by our fucking like when you put two grandfather clocks in a room, they just start <laughs> fucking interacting. Like it's gonna be like that, or one of us is gonna get so annoyed at what's happening that we just go haha to fucking end it, you know. I, I kind of like that one. It's it's like a Chinese water torture, the humor equivalent. 
Um, Snake Eyes. The f- we both take um, two pairs of dice and we just roll and roll and roll and the first person to get Snake Eyes um, wins. Loses. Loses? Yeah. Because Snake Eyes are a bad thing. Oh, so it's one pair of dice and we're trading? Yeah, I'll roll, two, I'll roll the pair of dice and if I get Snake Eyes, I lose. Okay, we go, and we keep snake eyes. Yeah, we go snake back eyes. and forth it's until it's, it's like, snake it's eyes. It's in craps. It's a bad roll. Gotcha. Cool. The soul card, uh, which is just written down as a bunch of fuck it emojis. When you draw that card, it's just a fucking Luciferian cross drawn on it. Um, both of our spit, dirt, a yin yang, like a little. I'll go. I'll go get the card in a minute. And you're gonna have to entertain. Sounds good. Um. So the card doesn't have a name. We affectionately refer to it as the hell card or the soul card. Um, one in however many challenges there are, 60-something chance of drawing this card. And this thing, if you draw the card, there's you enter a three-phase challenge tournament, I guess. And phase one is the it, mind. The three phases are mind, body, and, and spirit. spirit. Phase one, the mind. Each of us has to select a philosophy book, read the entirety of it, and annotate it. Then present the philosophy book to our friend Zeke. And whoever Zeke finds to have the most, I don't know, stoic or the best annotations, the best take, whatever, like Zeke is going to read this book through and through with our annotations and decide whoever had the better, like, I guess, learning or take or philosophy. Right. And he's not right. also judging like, oh, this person won the mind section. This person, He's taking the whole thing into account, you know? So we present the annotated philosophy books to Zeke. And then we move on to the body phase. The body phase um, is kind of, there's not too many rules to it. We just have to do something physically impressive. We have to run a marathon. We have to climb a mountain. We have to break some record in our workout thing. We have to do something that we think is a a triumph of the human body and the human uh, endurance physically. If I want to make a rule, like if you start your thing that you're going for, if you stop, like if it gets sidetracked for too long, like you fail. Right. Like, cause then you'll just be like, oh, I'm going to start it up again. And you'll get unlimited time and it's like kind of bullshit. Right, right. Um, it, You could go small. It has to be an event. You could go small and get it done quick. You could go big and really go for something crazy and that'll kind of more guarantee you a win. Either way, Zeke is going to judge who did the better one. Intermission. This is the intermission of the, the the soul, the hell card, where we both go to a spa. This is still technically in the body section. We both go to a spa, and we have a sports person uh, cordial interaction at a spa where we meet up in the middle of our journeys after the mind and the body section, and we rejuvenate. This part's not competitive. We go to a spa. If we draw this challenge card, we go to a spa. We have a spa date. We have a spa date. We have together. a spa date, yeah. Together. Phase three of the hell card, of the soul card. Spirit. Spirit. We have to choose some physical item or some sort of embodied concept in a physical item of ours in possession of, that we're in possession of. And we have to get rid of it. Something that's important to us, we have to get rid of it and create a ritualistic altar and leave it there forever. We have to find something in our lives, a physical item that is very important to us, and we have to leave it there. Now, we, this one's interesting. 
Could, yes. This we one could either be you take it. There's a few layers to it. You could take it in to many a different spot directions. That's not that stoic. Um, a local spot that's somewhat um, sacred. Well, yeah, you're supposed to take it to and a sacred build ground. that altar on a sacred ground somewhere. So you could do a local sacred ground, or you could go big, go home, go to a foreign land, go to the fucking monastery. You know, do it. Second, how important is that item to you? Was it the exactly. last thing your late father gave to you? Right. Or was it some cheap photo of an ex-girlfriend? You know? What really was it? It's a big... It's it's a culmination of things. And again, Zeke has to rip our lives open. Oh, we also have to... This section, we have to detail document in, in a journal entry about the item that we're giving up, where we decided to travel to, what our altar included, and why... We think that giving this item up, like, is a good thing in our lives spiritually. Whatever. So we make a sacrifice, essentially. And we do it on a quote-unquote sacred ground. So like I said, we don't know what the other person is going to go to. So if I'm like, I want to travel to, you know, fucking a Buddhist stupa in, you know, that's one thing. But if I want to fucking... You know, I don't know how my, I like I'm trying to bluff. This guy's bluffing. I don't know where he's going to take his. So maybe I want to go all the way to the fucking Wudang Mountains in China and sacrifice this, this you know, fucking thing of mine, like yeah. one of my instruments and, or something and you on a fucking think, Taoist. And you might think you've got it in the bag, but really I just went through six months of initiation and took a vow of silence with the Shaolin monks. Yeah, yeah, we don't know. And I've been initiated as a Shaolin monk. Like, right. It's like, dude, I know you went to China, but like two month vow of silence. Yeah. Like, that motherfucker can astral project, like, on Q now. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so. Those like, are all the challenges. It's like, yeah, but I sacrificed a guitar and he sacrificed a raisin. So what's the balance? Yeah. So, Zeke takes uh, the annotated like, what, philosophy like if, books. Like, maybe you take a ra- like you take the late photo of your late fucking father. Like, I'm like, what if you take a photo of your late father to the fucking mountains in China and I took the walk to Poland? You're an idiot. Zeke basically taking into account... It's not a best two out of three in this situation because it's too complex. It's Zeke takes into account the book that we give him in the mind section. He takes into account the, our bodies and the progress we made on whatever challenge we decided to put on ourselves in the body section. And then he reads our document of what we did for the spirit section and our altars and, and things like that. And he just decides who he thinks progressed the most as a person through these experiences. And that person wins, also wins Zach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, at that point, we're going to get so far into it. It's like, it's not, who gave it fucking... Also, oh, yeah, also we win Zach. Because it's like, that's what's so amazing about this game, is that it's just created such potential for interesting experiences that we wouldn't otherwise have, but for what reason? Because you should be having these experiences, you know? And this game brings that out in us, that we are just fucking, I don't know, makes us laugh a lot more in our lives, and it makes us experience things, and it's a really fun game. And I recommend to every pair of friends, what? I sacrificed my Lego Taj Mahal at the Taj Mahal. (laughs) And you know how much that means to me. 
because it was my childhood like story that I told in the last yeah, the episode that your about the gift that my girlfriend gave me that I like it was a childhood like dream of mine to have and I never got and she gave it to me and this Taj Mahal is a place of like love and sacred oh my god that's awesome that would be crazy sacrifice the Lego Taj Mahal to Taj Mahal just break it oh my god that's fucking awesome I couldn't do it I couldn't do it I'm too <laughs> I'm too like I too have too much like object attachment and yeah the shit that doesn't matter like shit that does matter like I'm like more stoic about it but just like you know like like that pumpkin would be hard for me to get rid of yeah yeah I I I have a weird um relationship with the concept of detachment as a spiritual um recommendation as a spiritual path because it's like for me I think there's um obviously attachment is the root of suffering you know things are impermanent and when you rely on certain sensations or certain beings or certain things god forbid in your life to be there and they're not that causes suffering but if you genuinely become okay with the transience of all things theoretically you're no longer suffering but I ha- every single profound experience I've ever had that I value, you know, makes me appreciate, you know, the creation of the universe and my own existence comes from a place of attachment and love, you know? And if I didn't, if I didn't have that kind maybe attachment, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it is, maybe I'm thinking about it wrong. Maybe that isn't attachment. Maybe, maybe deep love is different than attachment. But I feel like to love something so much that it can potentially destroy you if it goes away, that's really scary. And it could be the cause of a lot of potential suffering. But that's also a place where you're going to experience the most profound. I think I think you get to a place where, one, you it's like you're talking about loving so much that you become scared it's like no you love so much because that's what you're supposed to do and you that's what makes you love so much you can lose it that's part of what makes it one valuable but you know that going in you right. love you you get you you try to get to a point where you love something so much and you're okay with losing it because you still have love. Right. To give and to have and know that it is all one. Well, yeah, it's the difference between like you can approach reality in a way of like, okay, well, if, if I attach myself to things, I'm going to suffer. Well, so is once, the root. Once you let go of, once you love and are okay with letting go and losing it, you're also able then to love more freely and more presently because you're loving something and not worried about what your love will be in the future. You're only concerned with what your love is and holds in the present moment. You're not okay, like, yeah, that, you're, you're not no, I like, get what, what if saying. I lose it? You're like, well, I have it. Right. But that's and the if thing, I though. have it now, that is okay. Then it's great. And if I have it in the future, I guess, then that's yes, great. I get it. I get it. And if but, I don't, well, I'm just, I'm still explaining. No. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But like the thing that's so frustrating about that is that, that makes perfect sense, but every person I've ever that's a, a big statement. But like the people that are thinkers in this community in like a community of spirit like spiritual leaders, spiritual leaders that talk about what you just said, 
you see them living such chaste and what I would think of as like boring lives, you know? What? Like, uh, okay, explain more. Because I feel like I'm at that point. Like, I'm not concerned. Like, I understand that, like, everything in this, this world is subject to change. It is the nature of this universe. If you are to fight change and be afraid of change. Like, so many people in this world are afraid of change. You're afraid. Of, you, they're so grounded in their stability. You see it especially in, like, elderly people and voting. People who are afraid of death. Like, people who are afraid of yeah. going to places, trying... It's, like, all afraid of change, which is the way of the world. You understand that that is all out of your control, and you simply choose to love presently and have what you have in the moment and know that if you have it in the future, that's great. And if you don't, you will have it still within you. Like, I feel like I'm pretty close to there with, like, momentary, like, discoloration and distortion. Right, right. Am well, I saying no, momentary you are, and stretches like, of time? Yeah. And my life is fucking great. It's full of adventure. You know? No, no. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Because you are a person who is living by those principles. I feel like the people that espouse those principles don't live in any way I disapprove of at all. Not that I would even have a fucking right to disapprove of them if I did. Understood. But it's just like, what is it then about the monastic life that is so... To me, it seems like, why the fuck would you waste your life, you know, dedicating yourself to such rigid sacraments when your philosophy is one about so centered on how finite everything is? You know what I mean? Okay. I don't understand how well, I th I would say in that, that sphere of thought there are, like, Buddhist monks that live entirely monastically and well i'm and, saying and, that and, it's you're okay and you accept it because you understand that love is infinite and you actually never lose it you just lose its form that it's taking currently so there are some people then that are able to extract as much meaning and as much potential from this universe without having to embody it in those different forms they just have it in themselves. And so they live a life that what would appear to me boring really is an internal life that's like incredibly rich and like all kinds of shit's so going it's, on. So it's one, and that would be perception changing. So your life is just, that's just right. how you perceive someone else's life, which doesn't matter to them. And it doesn't matter to you at all, actually, in the grand scheme of things. But I also would prove that like by existing, you're wrong. Because I, you know, I think my life is full of adventure. And no, maybe no, 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 even no, if no, you that's thought, not, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that's how you live your life, and that's how I live our li my life. Because that's both of our interpretations of what to do with the facts that have been outlined by Eastern philosophy, right? So we've both read a lot of Eastern philosophy. No, I don't. I don't think of it like that. I do, I don't think of it in a in an interpretation of facts since I, I no, 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 okay. I am of that way. There are realities that we are both aware of okay. that, that have been outlined in Eastern philosophy, right? Okay. Like yeah. very clearly and yeah. are taught yeah. and we both uh, subscribe to and believe in. And the both of us live very active and vibrant lives. So what I'm saying is, or what I'm questioning is how there are people who have the same exact thought processes of us on the in the universe 
that come from those same schools of thought that we subscribe to that live exactly opposite us. Because they're just, they just, in, they internalized it and projected it differently because they see the world differently. They have a different perception. So what that meant to them was an entirely different feeling. We all have, we all feel happiness, but we all only understand happiness as what it is that we have experienced. I don't know what happiness feels like to you. I only right, know what it right. feels like to me. So they could have that same, oh, I'm sorry. They could have that same thought process or feeling that we're describing. And it's in fact entirely different in the emotional perception and weight that it holds to them. And therefore it will be portrayed externally in a different way. And that can be violent. That can be subtle, but the reality is we're all just different people. Yeah. So we're going to make different choices based right. on the knowledge that we inherit. Well, that's what's so interesting to me about, um, and I'm speaking like vastly generally. Obviously, there are religious schools of thought, like like religions, I believe, in the world that I that I do think are good things. There are certain, you know, religious ontological practices that are a net positive for humanity. But generally speaking, my problem with organized religion is that every religious experience as I've ever had has propelled me to move forward in my life being more strange and more vocal and expressive and, you know, just circus-like. That's that's all of my, you know, religious divine experiences have, have made me value that aspect of myself more and, and want to express more. And it seems like the goal of religion, you know, especially Western religions, but what a lot of people don't ever talk about, people that are critical of religious thought don't ever criticize Eastern religions for this, but they're the same. They're, they potentially can behave the same way, potentially, is that organized religion tends to just homogenize human beings and just dampen that and, and just take self-expression down. So I think it, it's a, that's, that's a very valid point because it can, again, there's two sides to that coin. And I think the obvious answer or explanation would be that, you know, the wrong people it's, it's gotten into the wrong of hands course. and it's gotten into the wrong interpretations. Yeah. In some well, fields of course of the there are in completely but, secular institutions too, that do this to people. So there's, so uh, what you know, I I'm know, not saying what I know and that I understand, you know, is we are both artists. So this knowledge for lack, let's just refer to it as knowledge that we've gained. Imagine it as a thing in right. our hands it's 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 as it's opened our mind our third eyes conscious whatever it has made us more expressive as artists because we're more free and less bound by the shackles of our own i guess self-consciousness and we that, understand self, human self-awareness like. so and and as artists it's like then the art is something that you're making at least for us like to be seen and be interpreted and to exist as a thing and part of our my medium music is like it, it's just seen it's intended to be seen you know and intended to make a difference like that is the purpose of its existence and its existence is the purpose of its, its right. existence but that knowledge then manifests in that medium the artistic medium as more expressive more chaotic more crazy more circus like and um 
you know, just more wild, you know, more fucking Van Gogh cutting his ear off, kind of like not right, not right. actually that was, but something entirely different. But internally, in my interpersonal life, the way I interact with like the people that I'm comfortable around that I love, you know. Like specifically in like my friend and relationship group, I'm not talking like about my family because my like my like family is it's kind of like, it's it has t- a yeah, different set thing. of like like I don't know just like feelings and emotions and right. attachments. Um, because I'm like I you know I understand that thing better, but it's made me quieter and able to say less and be okay with more and let go mm-hmm. of things more and be more at peace in my interpersonals with like you and like my girlfriend and things like that. And also, you know, with my family in a lot of regards, mm-hmm. you know, um, just more so I think in my personal relationship, maybe cause I'm more comfortable around my family and I show more, like it's easier for me for my negative stuff to show through and be less stoic about it. Right. Right. But it's like, while it's been more expressionistic and circus, like in that medium, it's been the opposite in the internal reflection. And a lot of the people that you're saying they live boring lives, they don't all have that external. They just they don't have need that to express they like just that. have yeah. that internal. You know? Yeah. And I wouldn't true. say that's boring. I'd say it's the same exact thing. It's just a different taste. Well, no, like I'm like I said, yeah, I'm not I'm not color. criticizing it. No, you're not. I'm just saying I get what like, you're saying. Yeah. It's so crazy to me that like because I'm a Taoist, you know. We'll talk about this in another episode too. I, we should do a whole fucking episode on shit like this. But we went from like, I know the, we oh, went Jesus from Jesus Christ to this. Um, it makes but, sense. The last card. Yeah, yeah. No, but like I'm a Taoist, and I'm like a dedicated to that spiritual path. I, I really, it speaks to me, and I'm always just blown away by the people that I read and that I listen to that live such monastic like rigid structured lives because we adhere to the same philosophy we both believe in the same things and we believe in the way the universe works the same way and we both have this at least similar attitude but we have just radically different ways of expressing it and radically different um i think i just answered my own question (laughs) like you know because it's like yeah it's just these are all the different colors of the universe and i think that's why Taoism, yeah, yeah. This is that's why Taoism spoke to me so much, is because, you know, it can take so many forms. You know, whereas like you can only have maybe three different types of uh, uh, Mormon. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I was like, trying to say. Like, yeah, they're gonna feel it differently because it's just... an open, it's an invitation yeah. to a way to exist. Think, Not even a way I to exist. It's just true power, or the root almost of everything that I can wrap my head around at the current point that I'm at would be perception, not just the knowledge itself. It's perception is power. If you perceive, and this was fucking proved by the, what just won the Nobel prize in physics. Right. Like one thing can go up and the other just goes down kind of fucking Schrodinger's cat thing. Mm -hmm. The world is not, there is no cat. It's 50% chance alive, 50% chance dead until you make, until you open the box. Okay. I'm going to back this up. The Schrodinger's cat thing is there's a cat in a box. You think there's a cat in a box. Could be alive, could be dead. You kind of start shaking the box. You try to see if it's making noise, if it weighs anything. The scientists were kind of doing that with particles to see what the reason for this up going down inherentness was, and there wasn't one. So the universe, in lack of, in layman's terms, is there is no universe. The uh, It's 
if I look at that stool right there, I see it as green. If I'm not looking at it, there's it's not green anymore. There's fifty percent chance it's green, fifty percent chance it's not green, fifty percent right. chance it's alive. I cannot fucking fifty percent chance. Like, it's alive. I have, don't imagine, understand this. Imagine at all. the box as your life. You can pers- That means that you have the power to open the box and make it alive or dead. It's not alive or dead until you open the box and make it. So, again, what I stated earlier about your happiness is different than my happiness. I only uh, we, we all talk about happiness like we know what it is, but we only know what it is to ourselves because everyone's experienced it differently and no one will ever know what anyone else has experienced it as other than themselves because they've made it for themselves. Yeah, That's how they all, understand it. Yeah. And so thus you have the power to bring in anything around you. That's what I believe. That's the whole manifestation principle. You can open that box and make your reality because now we have proof that the the cat's not alive or dead. It, yeah, it, that, it, life is what you make it. That cat is only alive or dead once you open the box and see it for yourself and make it alive or dead. Without you doing anything about it, it it's not even existent. It's yeah, well, it's almost like ontological solipsism. But there is an acknowledgement, though, that that is how it is for other people. And you're operating under the presupposition, even though there's no way to prove this. You're operating under the presupposition that that is how it also is for every other person on this fucking planet, every other thing that can perceive on this planet. And those other things are real, at least in, at least to themselves. You know what I mean? So it's this weird having to understand that your own potential and see your own worth and see how much control you do have over at least the way you think and recognize that you are God and you're creating this path for yourself, but you also have to keep in mind that every other fucking person you encounter is also God. So it's this weird, it's going like ultimate, like self hype, but also humility. It's the fucking arc of the, of enlightenment where there's the fool who's enlightened because he's no not who's knows nothing. And there's the fool who knows everything. And there's the one who knows everything and is enlightened just as much as the fool. That's the whole yin and yang. Everything in the middle is that realization of where you are, third personing your thoughts, what have right. you, understanding and coming to that realization that you are one, you just are, it is present, it's inherent, and you have the power of perception and only as much power as you give yourself and make, and that is a catch-22 in right. it of itself, but it's that arc and the fucking, the, the fool who is enlightened and the all-knowing who is enlightened, the Bob Ross who's like, paint the happy face, right. and the fool who's like, Chad, me, make me laugh. Yeah. You know? Well, it's it's an and amazing... The guy's like, it's, gosh, you're yeah. It's a Wojak. It's a fucking Wojak. It's stupid, but it makes it's sense true. in layman's terms. Um, It's like an amazing, amazing spiritual achievement. Um, And it's very difficult, and I'm not there yet, for a person who has a lot of insecurities and a lot of anxieties to view other people on the outside the same way I view myself. You know, because yeah. first you have to recognize that you are a human like all the other humans you see. You need to judge yourself the same way you judge everyone else. And if that's currently negative, you need to change that. But either way, the first step is not isolating yourself from the rest of humanity. So if you have a fucking God complex, it's like, hey, wait a minute. Every other fucking person you see, every person you give fucking coffee to at work, every person you, you know... They are just as much a god as you think you are. Yeah. That can be applied to them too. They're, you're the same animal. And by contrast, too, if you think you're a piece of shit, you know, if you're talking down to yourself all the time, like I am, flip that and be like, okay, 
all these people you love, all these people you sacrifice for, they're the same animal as you. You know, they have potential to be pieces of shit too. And would you talk to any of them the way you talk to yourself? No. That's, so you that, change that. That is a huge piece of valuable information for most people. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Especially like, and you know, this is such a niche thing, but like, you know, expectations of being trans, you know, like being a trans girl. We'll wrap this up soon. Um, Take your time. It's like, I don't, I look in the mirror and like today, for example, I put in zero effort. I just woke up, put on sweatpants. You know, I went to the gym in the morning and I've been in my gym clothes all day. We went to the gym. That's true. We cre- the gym that we created. Yeah. The and gains I- that we created. <laughs> we came to, yeah. But I've been in my gym clothes all day. And every time I've passed a reflection today, I look at myself and I went, you stupid piece of shit. And I looked at myself and said, you ugly, ugly man. You fucking boy, man. You sweaty, gross boy. And it's like, there's not a single fucking girl on this planet that I would ever put those expectations on to say, you didn't put up, put on makeup today. You're not a fucking girl. You don't smell good today. You're not a girl. You're not wearing your dress. You're wearing sweatpants and a t-shirt. You're not a girl. I wouldn't think, I wouldn't dare say those things or even think those things about any other girl, let alone a trans girl, but I think them about myself. And it's like, that's, that's just stupid, you know? And, and if you can get, that's been a thing throughout today that I've actually come around to. It's just been like, that's a dumb thought. It's, it's a monkey brained, just asinine thought. And I need to let go of that because it's not serving me anymore. You know, if I saw another fucking trans girl that was dressed exactly like me, it would give me a confidence boost. Not not by comparing myself to them, but I would go, damn, <laughs> she's fucking actually. That's yeah, they're not, I didn't mean it like that. I meant if I saw someone dressed like me, I would go, that's cool that a person is just fucking comfortable. That's awesome. Yeah. I can be, for all I know, I could be doing that to other people right now. And I'm talking to myself in the mirror like I'm some piece of garbage. And it's like I'm a human being. I'm a fucking miracle. Who taught us to do that? Or why did we teach ourselves to do it? Was it a survival thing? I mean, what the fuck? Why did we choose to fucking be self-conscious? The Jehovah's Witnesses did it to me. I can say that much, but I don't know about mass I mean, humanity. the first person. Think about the first person. It's just, what was it for? Natural selection. And then it just evolved with society. And we're in the middle of that fucking ignorant fool to enlightenment to like knows everything enlightenment we're just constantly in the middle of that and like you think somewhere like on the end of it once we know everything we'll just i think we'll just drop that self-consciousness from i hope so well i think also i think our technological advancement has accidentally gone a lot faster than our psychological evolution that is a huge thing that like our cycle our psychological evolution because it takes like a like generation takes people being born to evolve that and so like we come out with a new iphone like two or three times a year there's two like one two sometimes even three in one year new fucking iphones and obviously there's not big changes but the technological advances that we make every year are leaps and bounds yeah and it's like it's like eight leaps and bounds within one quarter of a lifetime and so that we're like i we're going to experience like several more exponential really growing leaps and bounds within our lifetimes before we even have kids. And those kids are going to experience more than we did. They're going to be going skyrocketing before they can have another kid. So we're going to be stuck with like this consciousness that has only evolved 
six or seven times since the Industrial Revolution. Exactly. And Not technology that has evolved thousands of times since the industrial revolution and again a psyche that's only evolved six or seven yeah, times exactly and it's like, like how is a psyche that's only evolved six or seven times making this technology it's like making itself almost yeah because the fucked. algorithms that we've made for it are just whoop, 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 no yeah like going i'm not a fucking as well as us yeah i'm They're not a faster. social scientist i'm not a fucking anthropologist but i genuinely believe that we are at a stage of technological advancement that we are we're not biologically evolved up to yet like we are living it's almost like we have alien race technology and we're still apes like it's like it's not I gotta there's a dichotomy next time because i know some shit about cyborgs <laughs> do you want to the next episode just talk about, about our real i have a real source i'll tell you after this episode okay, cyborgs cool. it's the next thing stay tuned for the next it's episode. the next fucking thing next thing we're, t- we're opening with cyborgs but i want the next episode we're talking about our spiritual journeys okay you know i'll talk about the and then maybe we can get thing. we can get we can get you on blanche Odie, if you're watching i think you are love you guys love you dude. zach gammon find your best friend create a board game with them yeah patent pending who's gammon Who's gaming? Patent pending. Play us out with another song applicable to the episode. And we're fading out right now. (laughs) We're currently fading out, and Buddy Holly is fading in.